Hello again, it's Ariane McLean, and this is season two of For the Love of the Game. On this season, I'll be speaking to more than just other coaches' wives, but to all people involved in the game. The purpose of that is to help shine a light on what it looks like behind the scenes of the sport we all love. It isn't just all fun and games all the time. There's a lot of hard work and sacrifice that goes into making your team successful. I hope to help our family and friends have a better understanding of what it takes to be a part of the team. Okay, I have Mr. Mikhail McLean on the show today. Can you say hi? What's up, guys? How's everyone doing? All right, so this is going to be a little weird just because I've never interviewed you before. Um, So just be as natural as you can. Yeah, it's nice to finally do an interview and a podcast with somebody I know, (laughs) as opposed (laughs) to with random people. So this will be fun. Okay. Well, first off, um, I'm going to say congratulations on your new role as the assistant coach to Alvin Brooks and the Lamar Cardinals. I appreciate it. It has been quite a journey. I've been knowing Coach Brooks for almost 11 years. He's the one that recruited me to the University of Houston when I was a a senior in high school and to kind of get the opportunity to start another phase of my career with the person to help me start my collegiate career as a player has been um, a great experience and just getting to learn under him and the rest of our staff has been um, has been very valuable to me. That's cool. I mean, it is kind of weird to watch considering when I first met him, I was like 19. Yeah. <laughs> and you were playing and, right. you know, now seeing him as your direct boss yeah. and seeing him in a new light. Um it is different. How how does it how does it feel um, going from a player that he recruited, like you said, to being like one of his right hand men at yeah. this new university? Uh, it's 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 really awesome because um, I never take for granted that Coach Brooks. This isn't his first head coaching opportunity. Uh, when he was uh, twenty seven or twenty eight years old. Uh, He was the first African-American head coach to be hired in any sport at the University of Houston. Um, And he was a young um, African-American coach at that. So knowing how hard it is for African-Americans just now to this current day is to get a head coaching job for him to get that job at such a young age and get that experience. Um, And he had really, really talented players that didn't work out the way he wanted to. But over the course of the next 25, 30 years, he was able to learn from many different staff, from many different people, and most recently under Coach Sampson. So just getting to see him back in the in the head seat and seeing him be the CEO of his own company, it's been really cool to be a part of and just getting to work alongside him is something I just never take for granted. Yeah, that is really cool. I didn't know that about him. Yeah. Um, and just the more that you're there kind of is kind of cool getting to learn more about both of you guys I guess and see you in different roles yeah yeah it's been uh, I've learned a lot about him our first uh, our first seven weeks on the job we commuted from Houston to Beaumont which seems like it's not a lot but it's about an hour and 20 drive without traffic and you're doing that in the morning and in the afternoons and 
uh, waits were at 7 a.m. So we would have to leave at like 5.30 and then we'd have to come back and get home by 8 o'clock and then restart, do it all over again. Um, and, you know, we got to bond a lot during that time because, you know, he's telling me stories. I'm learning new stuff about him. He's learning new stuff about me. Uh, he's repeating the same stories, but, you know, I'm still sitting there absorbing it as if I hadn't heard it before. But um, it's just kind of, you know, I've always been really close to him. So I, I feel like I've gotten closer and it just makes it that much easier to fight for him every day when you know it comes from a position of love and it's just not a business. Yeah, I think that kind of speaks to any relationship that you have with a boss. You know, I mean, your line of work is different than most careers, but um, specifically in coaching, you have to support their their dream and, you know, what what vision they're trying to sell and implement to, yeah. you know, these kids and, yeah. you know, being a part of it yourself when you were in college and mm-hmm. now helping implement it um, to other kids. I can only imagine how that is with someone that you trust versus someone that you don't trust as much, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's cool because I got to, you know, Coach Sampson, I played for Coach Sampson as a senior in college. So I got to work alongside a coach that coached me. And now Coach Brooks, I get to work alongside another coach that coached me. And I know I won't be that fortunate throughout my career to always be an assistant under you know, a person that's coached me, you know, and obviously I have aspirations of being a head coach in the very near future. So just kind of just sitting in and just learning how to, to build relationships with the players off the court, um, because I've learned that you can't, you know, I knew it at Houston, but I've learned that you can't coach your guys hard if they don't know it comes from a position of love. So mm-hmm. you got to find time to get lunch with the guys. You got to find time to call them late at night to make sure they don't have any situations with their with their girlfriends or with yeah. their academics or um, any trouble they may get into. Like your phone is literally always on, on loud. You can't ever have it on do not disturb silent because you may get a call late at night and you have to be available. Um, and a quote I heard from uh, from a coach said that an assistant coach's job starts the moment he opens his eyes and it ends the second he closes it until his phone rings. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just been really, really cool just kind of getting to see it from a completely different side because, you know, I've been really involved in coaching my past seven years at Houston. But um, being an assistant coach, the role has definitely uh, changed a lot in a good way, but it has been an eye opener. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, with that being said, you know, the last few years, um, you had some interviews at different schools and, you know, for whatever reason, things didn't work out and um, you kind of questioned yourself, questioned what you were doing, questioned everything and were ready to throw in the towel and with this career and um, something changed this during the pandemic, actually, right? Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about, um, I guess, what helped prepare you for this role and how you thought you were ready before, but you learned that you weren't exactly ready for that responsibility. No, of course. I'd love to speak on that. The pandemic has been uh, one of the best things in terms of professional development that's ever happened to me because, uh, like you said, I have had several job interviews over the course of the past four years, and every job interview just felt as though I just didn't feel as though I was good enough because I kept getting turned down. 
And I realized that, you know, I took it as if I wasn't good enough, even though that's not what the case was. It just wasn't my time yet. Um, and, you know, one of those jobs, um, you know, was Lamar. And, you know, it, it ended up not being my time. And it wasn't anything I did wrong. It just was it wasn't the right time yet. Um, God wasn't ready for me to make that transition from Houston. He knew that um, our family, we had plans. He knew that our staff at Houston, our team, we had plans to make a deep run. Um, but during the pandemic, I was able to really, really self-reflect, look in the mirror and realize, OK, what can I do to improve as a coach? Like, OK, I figured out how to do this. I'm, I'm good at that. Like, what are my weaknesses? What are some things I can improve? And fortunately enough, um, about the second week or the third week of everything being shut down from college athletics, um, Alvin Brooks, the third uh, coach Brooks's son, Jareem Dowling, Jerome Tang, and Coach Brooks created this group called the Be Ready Family, and is a group of coaches from uh, men and women, um, all sides of basketball, professional, high school, um, just a group of coaches that just kind of got on a Zoom call, just trying to learn and grow. And it just started off as it was 18 of us on the first Zoom call with Damon Stoudemire that was at Pacific that's now with the Boston Celtics. And he just kind of got on there and he just got to talking about his experience as a head coach at Pacific in his second or third year. And then the next year, and then the next week, I think we had um, somebody else on and went from being 18 to being like 40. And then from 40, it went to 100. And then week after week, it just continued to grow and grow and grow. And it was just so many people on there just sharing their insights on um, on coaching, on development, on relationships. And we did a lot of peer building exercises. We did job interviews. We watched um, what it takes to be hired as a head coach. And just during that stretch, I was able to connect with so many different coaches and pick their brains on stuff. And I was able to grab a little bit of something from everybody and kind of add that to my coaching bag. And it's helped me a lot because it prepared me for this job um, that I didn't even know I was getting. Um, but because once I got this job, it was just myself and Coach Brooks and there was nobody else there except us. So I was an assistant coach. I did some head coaching responsibilities when Coach Brooks couldn't do it because he had to do other stuff. I was the academic counselor. I was doing compliance. I was doing everything. And that's the whole premise of the Be Ready family. We did exercises to prepare for every aspect, whether you're an assistant coach, a head coach, a dobo, um, uh, if you're a graduate assistant, you know, so just being able to wear all of those different hats, I was comfortable doing that for the four or five weeks until we fully assembled our staff. Uh, so I'm really, really thankful for the Be Ready family and every member of it and uh, Coach AB3 for starting up that group. And we all still to this day continue to text each other and call each other, um, whether it's after a, a game uh, with a win or whether it's after a loss, just telling somebody to keep their heads up. So it's been a great experience. Yeah, that's good. I I remember those late nights of you sitting on a Zoom call past time that I could stay awake for. So <laughs> um, I, you know, from the outside looking in, I was able to see the growth as well um, and learned stuff for myself that I didn't realize that coaches had to deal with or think about or, yeah. you know, just it taught me a lot. I didn't realize that your job and other the job of other coaches was so important and vital to some of these college kids lives and yeah. you know I've seen you help 
change kids' lives, but I didn't think about the things that you haven't experienced yet and things that you may experience. So mm-hmm. I thought that was cool for me to get to see too. Yeah, yeah. So um, with that being said, um, going back to talk about your time at um, Houston, um, so your last year you were able to be a part of a Final Four winning team, um, a team that not only were you a coach, but you played and you you were able to see the program go from, you know, not much recognition, not much success to a Final Four appearance mm-hmm. and just being a part of that and and then just having to, you know, go move on so quickly. Like, can you talk about that last year at Houston and then um, just kind of like how things were transitioning to Lamar? Yeah, um, I'll touch on something you said, too. Uh, it, it is a really unique situation that um, I've been a part of three rebuilds. Um, the first rebuild when Coach Dickey was hired at the University of Houston when Coach Brooks recruited me there. The second rebuild when Coach Sampson was hired, which was my senior year. And then the third rebuild now with Lamar, with Coach Brooks being a new head coach with a team that uh, hadn't had much success. So I've been there through every step of the way, and I've seen success be built from the ground up. Um, and I, I, the one thing I've learned through the whole process is that it is a process. And it, it's, not a, it's not something that it happens overnight. It doesn't happen in a month. Sometimes it takes multiple years to kind of build up a program to the success level that it is now. And being there under Coach Dickey and Coach Sampson, and most recently with Coach Sampson and our staff making it to the Final Four, um, I thought that, you know, the most success that you know, I thought the top of the pinnacle, I thought the top of the boards that we got to was the 33 and four year when we lost to Kentucky um, in the Sweet 16 game. And, you know, I thought we can continue to be good, but I thought that team historically could have been one of the best teams Coach Sampson had at Houston. And then fast forward two years with a couple, only a few guys from that team remaining, Fabian White being the only one. And we had a chance to, you know, one game away from the national championship, man. But it just takes so much sacrifice um, from everybody, from the staff, from the players, from administration, um, and just family. and family. Oh my goodness! <laughs> like sacrifice. Like you know, we 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 have to get to work some days at six a.m. and some days we don't get home until eight thirty or nine. You know, and then you have to wake up and do it all over again while your your wife or your significant other is you know making sure that your kids are doing their schoolwork, that they're waking up in time, that they're going to bed on time, that they're they're fed that they're doing activities like so it's just so much that goes into that process that a lot of people on the outside don't really know or they may take for granted so it just you know it takes so many different hands to you know get to the to the top of the ladder to climb the mountain and it's just you know it's just truly um it's a beautiful beautiful process um but you know just kind of being there with you know Coach Brooks now at Lamar and trying to rebuild this culture from the ground up. It's been quite an experience. Um, it is definitely a slow grind, and I'm trying to continue to remain patient. It's helped that, I, like I said, I've been a part of a couple of rebuilds. So just taking it day by day, one step at a time, never getting too high, never getting too low, and just kind of staying even keel. And, um, you know, you, Ariane, have been <laughs> a big part of my, you know, my mental health, just being able to 
kind of try to stay in the moment, stay present in the moment, but try not to ever get too distracted to where I'm not focusing on my family, on you, on my boys, on my family back home in the Bahamas. So it's just really, really important to have balance in your life, because if you don't have that balance, it um, this this profession can eat you alive. Yeah, I mean, I I know even just the last few months I've had to kind of kind of have rough conversations with you about you know not letting it take over oh yeah Um, you you checked me my my fourth day on the job at the bar before (laughs) I even got to you know kind of get up there (laughs) (laughs) yeah he just would come home and after being gone all day you know he'll he'll give his time to his kids I will give him that like you know the boys always got their daddy time before they went to sleep but you know once the kids go to sleep not only do I want time but there's things that we have to talk about or things that need to be, to be done that I need to have a conversation with you about or even just, hey, how's your day? Like, let's have a conversation. Just yeah. two people that are married and love each other. And, yeah. you know, just I felt like I wasn't getting that from you at times. And, you know, just being a wife to someone, you know, transitioning into that that role, the difference between a support staff member and an assistant um you know, I had, I had to be vocal, you know, I couldn't just sit there and, and just be okay with, okay, this is a part of the job. Like, yeah, it's a part of the job. But at the same time, like you have a family, you have a wife, like you have to pay attention to your wife, you have Mm -hmm. to pay attention to your relationship, because Mm -hmm. as much as you love your job, your family is the only one that's going to be there for you at the end of the day. So, you know, and I'm happy to support you how I can, you know, taking care of the kids and doing my part at home. But, you know, it's kind of necessary for us to have that time, yeah. even if it's, you know, just 30 minutes at the end of the night or, you know, whatever. Um, that's something that I learned. I felt like I was being kind of mean. Right. No, you weren't. <laughs> you weren't because that's something that I uh, I definitely struggle with because, you know, as a support staff member, when you're a support staff, uh, you're not allowed to recruit. So the only time you get to talk to recruits are when they're on campus or when they're in there for a visit. So that was my only interaction with, you know, people outside of the Houston program, outside of, you know, my former AAU coaches the people in the grassroots community that I had relationships with. So now that I became an assistant coach, like my phone was I don't want to say, like, I don't know how to say this. Humbly was going crazy. Like, I had people calling me. Like, everybody wants to call you and say, hey, I got a guy for you. You know, and some people truly do. And then some people don't. But you have to treat each call the same way. Because although that person may not have a guy now, they may have a guy later. Or they may have a relationship that can help you to do this, this, and this. So I, I really struggle finding a balance. And, you know, like I said, the Be Ready family, my Houston family, Kellen Sampson, AB3, Hollis Price. I had so many different people that's been in the business that kind of like talk. I was like, hey, like I'm struggling. Like, I don't know how to find this balance. They're like, OK, you need to make sure that um, no matter what you're doing, once you get home, you need to at least put your phone away for two hours, maybe three and give you time to your family, your wife and all that stuff. And I'm like, OK, when that's done. How do I, you know, make sure I stay balanced? And I still struggle with that balance because, like, although I wasn't on the phone making calls, like, 
I'm responding to text messages on my watch. I'm doing this, this, and this. And my wife could tell that, you know, my attention with my attention wasn't where it needed to be. So when she checked me about it, I, I tried to figure out how to get better. And I was better for about a week or two. And then I reverted back. Um, but, you know, it's uh, the transition is what I've learned is not just a big deal for myself as a coach, but more so for my spouse and my family, because they kind of, you know, I'm picking up and I'm moving on to a new situation with someone I may know or someone I may have some type of a relationship with, but she has to pick up her life and move away from a place she's called home for 29 years, you know, and although we're right down the street, you know, in the future jobs I may have, it may not be this close, you know, so for her to kind of just pick up and not be um, a 30 minute drive away from a mom or a sister or her friends or, you know, anybody and good restaurants um, and <laughs> shopping and all of that stuff is stuff that I definitely took for granted. Um, but she has been really, really strong um, and she has made this job work for me. And I still have to continue to grow and get better as a uh, as a husband in this new role. Yeah, I will. I'll second that, um, you know, comment about it being difficult. Um, not only did you leave us, you know, your alma mater where you were able to, you know, help bring them to the final four before you, um, you know, moved on to your next role. But, you know, that was also my alma mater. And I used to work in athletics, college athletics at the University of Houston. And I helped, um, you know, bring that school from where it was before to where it is now. And, in more of a behind the scenes role and not even just a coach's wife, but as a marketing intern, as a development intern, as an assistant to the athletic director. I had multiple roles at that university and, you know, basically growing up at that school, we, mm-hmm. that we grew up there and, um, you know, leaving after what, 11 years years. like that's kind of an emotional thing aside from just like physically being apart but you know we had that conversation about you know be just the emotion behind it all and how I felt like I'd never really got a goodbye it was just like oh okay like great job you made it to the final four now you have to move you know like I just felt like we didn't really get to you know celebrate the time that we had there and um you know, the it's great that you got the opportunity that you got, but at the same time, you know, I felt like we didn't get the time to mourn, you know, leaving that. And yeah, and I think you actually asked me a question. I, didn't, I never got to answer that question, but um, yeah, we, we played in the Final Four game. We lost to Baylor. We left on that Sunday, got back Sunday afternoon, and I Monday morning, I was on campus in Beaumont um, at Lamar working. And then, you know, Coach Brooks had his head coach introduction meeting on the press conference on the Wednesday, on the Tuesday, actually. Uh, but we kind of had to, you know, I never really got to even soak in the fact that I was a game away from the national championship. I didn't get to soak in the fact that we made history in the city of Houston where I had been most of my adult life, where my adult life, where um, my wife went to school where my wife grew up, where we met each other. Like, you know, the University of Houston means a lot more to us than it does to a lot, um, a lot of other people because, you know, we met there. 
in a statistics class uh, <laughs> where I was my wife's tutor, basically, even though she didn't want to, you know. So and she didn't even know I played basketball. Like I was literally in math class. She was like, oh, hey, you're smart. Help me out. And I'm helping her out. And then I saw her at a game and she was like, oh, you play basketball. I was like, you've only been at all of my games. So I, I noticed her a long time ago, but she never really noticed me. But um, yeah, I mean, we met there. You know, we both lost um, relatives um, really, really close to us in our time there. Um, but, you know, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, no matter what happened, Houston will always be home to us because, you know, we graduated from that university and we've made a lot of great memories there. So um, it was really, really difficult for her because she never got to really get her closure. And I just kind of had to just keep it pushing and move on to the next thing. But when we kind of sat down and really just reflected on the great things that we have done there, the heartaches that we've had there, everything that's happened there was like, damn, like, that's pretty cool. We're really going to miss this spotlight. But, you know, it's, it's it'll always be home to us. Yeah. I mean, it was a great time. And, you know, you've got a whole lot of, you know, great things moving forward and, you know, getting to be a part of... Um, you know, Lamar's staff now, it's a lot of, a lot of unknown, but a lot yeah. of excitement. Yeah. yeah. So um, with that being said, moving from such a big city to a smaller city, not too far from Houston, but, you know, a, a good, a good enough distance mm-hmm. where we are pretty much on our own now and, mm-hmm. you know, having to move our whole family. Um, how did you, I guess, um, handle that transition not just from an like a coaching perspective like you got a new job type of thing but as a dad uh it you know it like I said everything happened so fast um when once we left once we left Indianapolis and got back to Houston even before that we began like I Coach Brooks offered me the job. So we played Baylor on Saturday. Coach Brooks offered me the job. He got Coach Brooks got hired Tuesday night. He told me Wednesday morning and offered me the job Wednesday afternoon. And once I told I told him I gotta talk to my wife and I gotta confirm that she's okay with it because if she's not, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> and once she gave me the go-ahead, we began looking at houses um that day. And then for the people that don't know us, like we had been leasing um, a house, you know, and we've been doing apartments and stuff ever since we've been married and together. And, you know, we kind of, by the grace of God, we had enough money saved up and we were like, okay, I think it's time for us to purchase. But we didn't plan on purchasing right away. We just kind of looked around and the market was really hard. It was really, really, really difficult to find a good house. So we're like, you know what, we're better off just purchasing. So that was a big step in in our relation, in our marriage, because we purchased our first home, uh, you know, so that one was a struggle because like you have to equate into the fact you have to be near um, a good school district. You need to be near a gross. You need to be near civilization, you know, and Beaumont is a very unique city that has grown on us. But, you know, there's a lot to offer here, but there's a lot that's also really, really spread out. So just kind of getting here as a dad and, you know, finding a good school uh, for our son MJ to be in. And he really, really loves his school and his teacher and his friends. Um, and, you know, I'm I'm getting to drop him off to school a lot more and pick him up some days. If I don't have a practice, it's been uh, it's been really, really cool, man. It just brings me a joy and a comfort 
as a dad, just knowing that I get to kind of, you know, be a dad, even though I'm coaching, you know, 95% of the time with that 5%, I still get to be a dad and watch him in soccer practice and do all that stuff. So it's just been, it's just been really, really cool. Just kind of finding more of a balance, you know, because I don't want to get too absorbed in my job that I look, look up 20 years later and my son is in college and I don't know anything about what he does, what he really enjoys, you know? So uh, I've I've really enjoyed it. The transition has been good. What about you? What I mean, talk to talk to me. I mean, obviously, I've heard it. Like, how has the transition been for you as a mom, as a friend, as a wife? Like, just moving to Beaumont. It's been the one of the hardest things I've had to do. Honestly, like you know, we talked about we. I grew up in Houston. My life is in Houston. We were there. You had a job in Houston for so many years, and. Um, just kind of picking up my life and moving here just was kind of like a, like a sucker punch, you know, you know, at first it's like, oh, wow, it's a new place. You know, we found a beautiful home, you know, God was really good to us and letting, leading us to this neighborhood, have such a great neighborhood. It's safe. There's kids, you know, it's a great place to raise your family, but it's different than what we're used to, you know, like getting to the grocery store isn't just a three minute drive up the street. It's more of a 10 minute drive and it's not convenient to where I can just, you know, stick the kids in the car real quick and go hop to the store. You know, it's like a whole event (laughs) to get to the grocery store. Galleria mall 10 minutes away. Yeah. There's no Galleria mall and they're delivering like, you know, having two young kids is sometimes hard to, you know, you somebody's sick and you got to go get medicine. They don't deliver where our neighborhood is for whatever reason. So, you know, having to bring two sick kids into Target to get some medicine, you know, just little things like that you take for granted when you live in a big city where you can just, you know, get stuff easy and, you know, or you have a family member that you can call to ask for help, you know, having to basically restart friendships and, you know, learning how to trust people because, it's not an easy thing, especially during COVID, you know, we still are going through a pandemic and finding a church, finding a church, which we still haven't done. We've visited many, many churches and we just have not found that place yet. So it's been the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And being an hour plus away from my family and friends, I can't just hop in the car and, you know, just go have lunch with someone or, you know, it, it's a whole event. Yeah, and explain to people, you know, that wouldn't, like, you know, pe- some people would be like, it's just an hour away, but just kind of explain the the process of having to go back and forth for, like, you know, baby appointments for Amari, or if you have an eye appointment, like, like talk about, like, just how an hour and a half is a different drive if you're oh, with kids. For sure. It's definitely different. Like, it takes me 30 minutes just to get out of the house, like remembering to pack extra diapers like you know I keep the diaper bag pretty set but there's always something extra you have to get and somebody's always, always upset and you know getting them in the car and get the getting the dog taken care of and the music in the car yeah. yeah and finally getting in the car and um you know the drive it's it's country road you know it's not a like you know a whole bunch to look at so the kids sometimes get a little bored and you know an hour and a half without traffic, you know, when there's traffic or there's a train stopped in the middle of 
Dayton, Texas, and there's no back road that you can take. You know, it's just, it's a different world. So um, we're learning and slowly growing to be comfortable with where we are. Yeah, but no, it's, uh, we, we've been fortunate to meet, you know, some, a few really, really good people. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. those, those people have been really, really good to our family, um, to our boys. Um, yeah. And we're thankful for them. And we know that uh, we'll continue to be, you know, God will put the right people in our lives. And we're thankful for our friends and family in, in Houston and all over that have, you know, has still been in communication with us with FaceTimes or Zoom calls or, you know, so it's, uh, we're thankful because, you know, in the future, we don't know where we could be on the East Coast. We could be somewhere. So at least this first job opportunity is something where it is only an hour's drive and not a seven hour drive or 15 hour drive or yeah. something like that. So, and we'll be prepared, you know, this is just new to, you know, to Ariane that's been somewhere her entire 29 years of her life and me that's been in Houston for since 2000, so almost 16 years of my life. So um, it's been quite the experience, but you know, in the future, I think we'll be a little bit better equipped because it wouldn't be our first time. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, we're not complaining at all. We we love it. Um, we've really enjoyed, you know, just making it work and, you know, getting us out of our comfort zone. Like Ariana is, you know, she's a very bubbly person, but, you know, she doesn't naturally want to go out of her way to, you know, meet, especially in this COVID era, new people, you know, and um, she's been really, really good about, you know, meeting and connecting with, you know, people in the neighborhood or um, just the first day at the press conference for Coach Brooks getting hired with the job, just connecting with people there um, and being in communication with people. So she's uh, found a way to make it work as best she can as she's going through it, you know, because a lot of coaches' wives, from what I've heard, don't have it as easily. Um, so Yeah. And, I mean, I was also fortunate to find – a job where I could work from home and, you know, we found a great nanny. So, you know, everything just kind of lined up luckily. So I know that speaking to other coaches, wives, things are not as easy. So for sure. So that's definitely a blessing, but, um, kind of getting back to, you know, understanding what it is now, like, you know, being, um, an assistant coach and how you impact, kids lives like you some kids you you completely change their lives you know so do you think that you've had more of an impact on the kids or could have more of an impact on on the kids um being an assistant or do you think your time as um a support staff coach you were able to have a better um ability to impact them um, I think it's unique uh, because I think it's still premature. Um, you know, I've only been an assistant coach for seven months now, and I've been uh, in a support staff role as a player development coach for almost seven years. But you know, I've been—I was fortunate enough to connect with um, a few really, really good people, um, ki- uh, players that have become uh, really, really close friends with me to this day because of the relationship that we built. The uh, the stuff kind of, you know, fighting battles with them, going through different stretches, highs and lows with them and connecting with them. Um, But just in my short time as an assistant coach, like it goes like as a support staff member, you kind of have your guys, like maybe one guy or two guy, you know, because 
those those kids really connect with you because, you know, sometimes they can come to you about stuff they wouldn't go to the head coach or an assistant coach about. Um, but now as an assistant coach, like there is no your guy or like a guy like, you know, like every guy is your guy. Like every problem is your problem. Every good thing, you know, we just, you know, we don't, I'm not saying we take the blame for everything, but like if there's ever anything that needs to be cleaned up, our job as an assistant coach is to put out the brush fire before it becomes a forest fire and the head coach finds out about it. And that's nothing that would ever jeopardize the program. But like, you don't want to have to come to the head coach about a kid's problems with his, uh, you know, unless it's something that's dire, like with a family member, with a death in the family or anything that can jeopardize a kid's health, mental or physical health. Um, but it's been uh, it's been quite a journey. Um, I've built a really unique relationship with several kids, Lamar. Um, I think it will continue to grow. And it's almost like I went from being a big brother to more of a father figure, you know, yeah. and it's been it's been weird because, you know, I've always been the young guy and I'm still the young guy here at Lamar. But like like, you know, they call like, you know, it was just weird. Like they call me coach and they call me sir. And I'm just used to being like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm bro or, I'm, you know, I'm yeah. coach to the younger guys, you know, so it's just it's still really, really um, is really, really unique. Um, but I've enjoyed it. I've, I've had we've had kids come over to the house and have dinner with us. Um, my wife's cooked tremendous meals for them. Um, they've hung out with our sons and just kind of getting to connect with them. It's been a really dope experience, man. Like, I don't, there's nothing like it, you know, because wins or losses like, you know, you're building a relationship with these kids that are going to last a lifetime, you know, mm-hmm. and. Like, you know, you've done a good job with that kid if, you know, 10 years down the line, like he invites you to his wedding or mm-hmm. he invites you to a big milestone event in his life. That means that you had an impact on him, you know, and sometimes mm-hmm. you might not have a great impact and they may not happen, but you still had an impact, whether it's good or bad. And you want to always make sure it's the best it could possibly be. Yeah, I do definitely think it's weird that some of them call me ma'am. Like, yeah. I'm not a ma'am, yeah. but I mean, obviously I know it's just a sign of respect, but it's. It is weird. Like yeah. before, we were just like Ariana and Mikhail, and yeah. now we're like Ari, Coach, yeah. Ari and Kale. We were Ari and Kale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and now we're like Coach McLean and Mrs. McLean. That's yeah. it's just it's weird, but I mean, it's kind of a new normal that we'll get yeah. used to, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I am enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, it's not terrible. Um, you know, you're blessed. We're blessed. I get. I guess to get to learn from you know a good. Um, head coach and and his wife miss rochelle they've yeah. been really awesome to us so yeah yep. that's yep. really um been a good experience but um i guess that's really all i wanted to talk about you know just trying to help other people understand you know the transition that you know it takes to go from one role to another one city to another one organization or you know university to another so um thank you for answering my questions and kind of being as honest as you were <laughs> yeah and, and no reason to sugarcoat it um and the one thing i would say is i encourage anyone that's listening or made it this far coaches wives especially that um just lean on other wives man lean on other people that have experienced um what you may be going through because it no matter how good your friends are to you like if they've never experienced a lifestyle they won't be able to relate to it so mm-hmm. that would be my advice just kind of you know Ariane's done a good job and I think she can still continue to be better at it but she's leaned on 
um, you know, different wives that have experiences. This is the whole reason she started this entire podcast was just to help, you know, for the love of the game, whether it's a coach's wife, whether it's uh, someone that's in a support staff role, like just for the love of the game, like it's just so much that goes into it. And you got to be able to have people that have went through it to help you go through it because yeah. life is the best teacher, but sometimes you need a tutor, you know, to make yeah. it through, you know, for so... Sure. Um, I just encourage anybody that, you know, whether it's basketball, whether it's anything in life, like always lean on, find someone that could be a mentor for you, find someone that can be um, your soapbox opera that you could just vent to when things like just find different people that could fit different roles, um, because it is important for your mental health to have people that can help you get through things, help people that can help you decompress, have people that can check you when you're wrong. um, And that can't always be um, a parent or a wife or a husband, like sometimes it needs to be a friend or a peer or, you know, whoever may fit. So yeah, that's all I'd say. I really appreciate you. Um, I'll publicly say on the air that I have, um, this job, uh, being a coach, uh, is not possible without you. Um, beyond thankful, um, for all the sacrifices you made in a very successful career that I think you still will have in the future just to kind of take a pause on that so that I could pursue um, what I wanted to because you did it for the love of the game. So just know that um, as we continue to grow as a family, as I continue to grow in my profession, that um, I won't have any success without you and that the more success we have as a family, the quicker you'll be able to you know, continue to chase what you want and we'll be able to build a life that we want for our kids and for ourselves. So I want to let you know I really appreciate you and I love you so much. I love you too. <laughs> it's nice to hear it sometimes, especially yeah. when other people can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I guess that will cut it off from there, but thank you for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode of For the Love of the Game.